Welcome, welcome back for another episode of Dig City, a Purdue volleyball podcast. As we sit here in the beginning of August, less than one month away from the 2021 regular season, the fall season starting up again. And I'm joined as always by the head coach of Purdue volleyball, Dave Shondell. Coach, how's the off season been for you? Short, but uh, really nice. You know, we did have camps, which we didn't know if we would be able to have those or not, but we squeezed in six days of camp and uh, got a chance to get reacquainted with a lot of our you know young people that have come to camps for a long time and got some of our recruits in here to to see um how we train and you know get a chance to um you know train them a little bit so overall it's been good i've been at the lake quite a bit and uh, now we're a week from you know go time so it's it's getting getting really close and fans finally got a look at the schedule that you and your staff have been working so hard at. August 27th, the first match of the season, the Reamer Club spectacular Friday at 6 o'clock against LMU and then Kansas on Sunday. And how about this? As of today, we're recording on August 2nd. The Boiler Block tickets sold out in under four hours. Can you explain how excited Purdue and the, the students are about just volleyball being back and fans being allowed to get back into Holloway? Well, Daniel, you've been able to see our student fans and know how they operate and the, uh, I guess the craziness that they bring to Holloway Gym. And so for them to uh, jump on that bandwagon um, and sell out their seats as fast as they did. And then our season ticket people, our general public, they, I mean, our, our regular fans, they sold out uh, almost as fast. So uh, we're guaranteed of guarantee how many home matches we playing. Uh, 15 we're gonna have 15 sellouts so it's it's gonna be a good year in, in Holloway Gym yep five pre-conference as we kind of go through the schedule here um, then you go to Las Vegas September 2nd and 3rd against Washington State an NCAA tournament national seed at UNLV another tournament team from April um, I, and then we've got the fun little uh what was it the LUV tournament that's going to be at Xavier this year against Louisville and then the winner of Lipscomb or Xavier and then you wrap up uh, pre-conference play with, with another home delight in, in a fantastic tournament every year, the Stacy Clark Classic with Jacksonville right. State coming in for a little brunch with the Boilers on September 17th. A home one against the Mastodons, right, with Purdue-Fort Wayne. Haven't played them in a couple years. And then a big one against another SEC foe, a big one in, uh, in Tennessee on Saturday. What was your first impression when the, when the pre-conference schedule really came into form? That it's going to be tough. Um, you know, I feel like in the first five matches, you have potential, potential NC2A tournament teams. LMU is a team that did not play with all their people last year. And from the sources that I've talked to, they're going to be much better. They're young, talented, big. Uh, they had uh, one of the best freshmen in the country last year uh, as an outside hitter. And uh, I've actually been watching them a little bit already this week, trying to get ready for that, that opener. And then Kansas is a team that, you know, was um, really, really outstanding, a Final Four team not that far ago. And, um, and now they've kind of regrouped, and, and they feel like they've got some really high character, high, uh, really good athletes in their program right now. So that's your first weekend. Then you come back and you go on the road and you play Washington State, who's one of the most physical teams in the Pac-12, uh, I think advanced the second round a year ago uh, before they were, they were beaten. Um, and then UNLV, who I think also went to the second round last year and maybe got beaten the first, I can't recall for sure. Um, but 
best team they've had in, in decades. And so a lot of good things are going on there. So there's your first four matches before you play Louisville in Cincinnati uh, at the, uh, I'm not sure there's a name for that round robin we play. It's not even a round robin anymore, but um, it'll be at Xavier this year and then it'll be at Louisville the following year and then we'll regroup and see what we want to do. Yeah, it should be a fun one. And then obviously with, uh, with the Big Ten play getting started and back to the Friday, Saturday, or sometimes Friday, Sunday against two different teams. And the last time we talked was, was a lot of conversation about whether we liked that or not, the, the, the hockey schedule back-to-back or you know back to this old Big Ten volleyball slate. So you start with Ohio State at home, then you go to Indiana. And one thing I did notice about your schedule, and fans can, can check it out online at PurdueSports.com, was – no road back-to-backs in terms of a Friday, Saturday for a little bit of time. You've got to go all the way to early November for the first time that you guys have a Friday, Saturday, both on the road. So I have to say that that's probably a little bit uh, fortuitous when you take a look at that, that shake. Yeah. And, and I like the schedule. We have a lot of Wednesdays this year, as well as you probably have um, noticed, but we're going to have enough depth that the back-to-back night matches isn't as big of a deal but you eliminate that travel part of it which you've been on before where you you leave one gym and you get into a a bus or you take a bus to a plane and then get on a plane or a bus whichever way you're going to travel in between and you get to your hotel about 1 30 in the morning and um coaching staff is up you know watching tape for another couple hours and then you wake up at seven o'clock and do it again and have a team meeting at nine and try to put the plan the game plan together and, and that's why I was a real uh, proponent of what we did a year ago, playing the same team back to back. And it was funny during the season, everybody you talked to thought it was great. And then uh, a month after the season or two months after the season, we have a coaching uh, meeting with all the Big Ten coaches and, and everybody forgot how much they enjoyed it. And, and they forgot that a year, year before that, everybody was all up in arms about um, just how difficult it was um, on your players to, to do this back-to-back nights and, and travel and all those kind of things. And we needed to shorten the season and all those type of things. But that apparently uh, bad memories, I guess, on, on our, our coaches in our league, because I was about the only guy that I, I remember saying, I'm, I'm fine doing what we did this past year. Everyone else was ready to move on to going back to normal. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it goes by the wayside. You mentioned three Wednesday matches all in the month of October, but you teased about the uh, the depth of the team, and I think it's time to get to uh, the biggest news for those Purdue fans that may hate, may have maybe uh, checked out of social media for the offseason, are just getting back into the swing. Huge announcements here. The returns of two standout seniors, a pair of all-conference, and uh, you know some All-American nods coming back with uh, with Caitlin Newton returning for her COVID-eligible final season and Jenna Otek. So two starters coming back. Good and, you know, depth added because now, right, you can you can kind of do what we talked about in our last episode, which was maybe cycle in a little bit more at off days, correct? Well, we, we hope so. I mean, you have two all Big Ten players coming back. Uh, Caitlin Newton is going to end up with, you know, be a top seven or eight in kills, uh, total kills in, in the history of the, the program. Uh, Jenna Otek has just ha- had a great career as well. And, you know, I really trust this team and I trust the players on this team. So I'm confident that those two, we'll call them super seniors because I've heard that term used 
a little bit. They're actually grad students. They both graduated Caitlin a while ago and, and Jenna just this past spring. Um, but I know they're going to come back and do whatever they can to make this program better. And, you know, part of that is when you when you have a rule change like we did from the NCAA where the seniors can come back, um, you have to make some adjustments and you have to make some sacrifices. And uh, we have 21 players on our roster, which is uh, more than we've ever had. We did have 19 uh, one year and uh, maybe 18 another year and 17 a few times. But 21 is the, the top of the of the limit. And uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough to uh, have everybody happy with the amount of playing time they're going to get this year. But the good news is we're going to play and we're going to have fans. And uh, the competition in our gym for practices is going to be spectacular. I mean, it's just, we just got so much talent with the, the two seniors coming back, um, all those players returning, not to mention four freshmen uh, coming in that are going to add fuel to the fire. So, um, how we manage that situation, though, Daniel, will be the key to success of our team, as well as it will for other teams. There's a lot of teams in our league that have those seniors returning. <coughs> Excuse me. And in some cases, those seniors are pretty darn good. So uh, the league is going to be, in my opinion, it's going to be better than ever. The experience level, the competition, the, it's just going to be great. So it's going to be a good time to have those season tickets for Purdue Volleyball. No doubt. It's never a bad thing to have every starter returning for a team that just made it all the way to the elite eight. And, and as we kind of talk about that, we could talk about a few of the other returning starters coach. And, and as, as you get ready for everything to get kickstarted again, and I saw you had a great tweet about high school action getting started here in the beginning of August and all of them watching Annie Drews in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And whenever this is posted, you know, we're recording this the day after uh, the phenomenal comeback win against Italy for the United States, as they get set to play the Dominican Republic in the quarterfinals, but just embracing the, the fever of, of volleyball to get back into the swing of things is, is going to be fun with, with so many new players. What is going to be your expectation of some of these, these fresh faces or because of the, because of the COVID eligibility returning, are we going to more often than not see some of these new freshmen like Emily, like Allie, like Sydney, like Raven, just maybe waiting in the wings? Too early to tell at this point. Um, here's what I can promise you and, and anybody else that cares is we'll put our best team on the floor to win. Um, you know, we want to win matches. This is, we've been waiting a long time. A lot of players, uh, a lot of alumni, a lot of fans have uh, been waiting a long time to have opportunities like this where you can put a really good volleyball team on the floor that's got experience and talent and size and athletic ability and toughness. And uh, I mean, there's going to be a method to the madness and it's going to be, what are you doing in practice every week? That's going to dictate, you know, where you fall when we get into to playing matches. And I just love the competitive nature of this team. I love the cohesion that we had a year ago and that I feel that we have through the summer. As you know, we have very little contact with our athletes during the summer. We're not basketball or football that actually gets some time in the gym with their people. You know, we're just kind of looking from the outside but uh, we do see them at camp we, when we run our camps and uh, they work those camps and we get a chance to, to watch and observe. So I, I feel very confident that um, maturity will prevail and uh, that the team is, is what's most important right now, not the individual. So with all the players returning and, and you talk about a bunch of big 10 players returning as well, such a quick turnaround, but a fresh face in, in your staff. And so a, a returning 
Purdue standout in Kerry Gurnell coming back as the supervisor of volleyball operations. And, and coach, you, you've spoken so highly about her either on social media or side, you know, separately with me, but it, it's, that's a big task to kind of have everything get right back into the swing of things. What four months removed from the, uh, from the 2021 spring season. Well, a good thing is that Carrie has been through this before. She has been an assistant coach a couple of different places and uh, the schools that she has been working, most recently North Texas. Um, she was not only assistant coach or the associate head coach, she was also the person doing most of the director of operations responsibilities. So, so there's not gonna be a lot of things she hasn't seen when, when she gets here. She'll, she'll be prepared. It's, it's just whenever you go to a new place, um, it can be overwhelming. And so the fact that she's been here before, and she knows a lot of people, I think that will be helpful for her and that she'll have a lot of help from our staff, especially uh, Kat Jewell and, uh, and our secretary, Dieta Hawks. A phenomenal staff. And, you know, I just wanted to say now that I, you know, this is going to be my my last episode of Dig City. Everyone returning, but but I am not. I'm moving on. So I'm going to miss you guys and, and miss the fans and, and everything that we talked about in the beginning about the, the Purdue faith and, and the the, the group mentality and the community around it. I'm, I'm definitely going to miss doing these episodes with you coach and, uh, and, and really enjoy watching the, the blossoming of a lot of these young players here in this next season. Well, we'll and we're going to miss you too, Daniel. Uh, you've done a really outstanding job for us and uh, we wish we could have uh, made the arrangements to find a few more occupational uh, jobs for you while you were here, but that it just wasn't to be this year. So we wish you the best of luck up out of Cal Poly. That's a beautiful area that you're going to be. I'm not sure if you've moved already there, but it's just a fantastic place. So um, I'm, I'm sure you'll enjoy that and we'll keep an eye on you and just hope you'll be watching our young, young kids as well. No, I'm, I'm excited. I wanted to ask you if, as you take a look here at the, at the big 10 schedule before, you know, going through the teams, which I'm sure you'll do here in the next couple of weeks um, on another episode here of Dig City, which is, of course, going to continue for the for the fervent volleyball fans. But just taking a, a loose look, what section of the schedule intrigues you the most, but also scares you the most as, as the Purdue coach? Well, you know, I've looked at the schedule, but I have not looked at it that closely. Um, I don't think that there's a, a particular area except toward the very end that we run into you know, multiple top 10 teams, uh, you know, in succession or three out of, out of four matches or things like that. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's a, it's a balanced schedule. Like it might be a little tougher than last year's, slightly tougher big 10 schedule than a year ago. Of course, you're playing more matches. We played what, just 18 a year ago. Yeah. Uh, supposed to play, play 20 but we didn't yeah. um but uh so we what did we did we play 20 did we go i think i think it was 20 it was supposed to be 22 last year and then okay, uh, the northwestern series so, didn't happen so, so we were so playing 20 again yeah, um but you know we've got uh we got nebraska twice we've got wisconsin twice and that might be one two in the league when the when the preseason poll comes out based on what they what they have done obviously penn state did some uh, moved, made some moves over the offseason and um, attracted three really, really good players, two from our league and one from TCU. And so it, they lost a good player, but they picked up three. Uh, Minnesota has Samity back. That's really about all you need to know uh, at this point. So they're going to be really, really solid. So, and Ohio State has almost everybody back except one of their middles. 
And those were the, the five that were right up there with us in the Big Ten. And then you get Michigan. And I think Illinois is going to be a really good team. And we play Illinois twice. Um, uh, I think we play Illinois twice this year. Back, um, Yeah, like in two out of three First, matches. I, yeah, I was going to say right off the bat, you play on October yeah. 1st, October 6th. And I like I like what Illinois had a year ago, and they they're bringing all those players back. So it, you know, the, every night's going to be a a real battle in this league. You know that you're here long enough to know exactly what we go through in preparation, and uh, when we win a match in this league, it, it's it's a great feeling, and when you lose a match, it's a terrible feeling. So it, it's just the way it is in this league. And um, but I, I I do think that um, this is a season I'm looking forward to. I I just can't wait to see how our team is going to play against the best teams in the country, and we're going to have a handful of the top 10 teams in the country in our own league. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a dandy. And, and I'm really hoping that this is going to be the year that, that NCAA volleyball kind of takes that next step in terms of fan engagement and immersion and everything like that. And obviously the big 10 network has been the, the forefront of, of doing so. So once again, so many big 10 volleyball games available on TV online with all of these Wednesday, Wednesday matches, I'm assuming that, BTN is hoping that Purdue can get as many games on TV as possible. That kind of feels like the, the expectation, but of course the TV schedule has not been released yet. Um, I know, but the, the big 10 network has really been more strategic in the last couple of years than ever before. It used to be, okay, we got to get so many volleyball matches on. Let's try to get some good ones, but let's take care of everybody and things like that. Now, it's let's get our best matches. Let's get these great matchups on and let's get the best teams. And let's showcase this league because it is the best league in the country with, I mean, anybody was watching the, the Olympic team play last night, you saw about 10 people play. And if I'm right, all but one, I think hell from the big 10. Uh, there were not too many others that were on the floor. Uh, Jordan did not Jordan Thompson from Cincinnati did not play. Of course, uh, one of the middles uh, is not a Big Ten player, but outside of that, it's a Big Ten affair. And uh, and I do think that the sport's blowing up. I think that when people like the Big Ten Network start to really identify that, that helps. And I think you're seeing so many more matches on other networks across the country, including, uh, you know, the mother network ESPN is, is really doing a much better job with our sport. So it's a great time to, to be in this, and it's a great time to have the kind of talent that we have, because I think it, our team will be showcased plenty this year on, on the, on the network. And then before we wrap up, I had uh, two or three questions that were asked me to ask you over the last couple of weeks. And one of them came up in the last couple of days and I got tweeted out that by, uh, by Mel on Twitter saying, you know, what does coach Shondell think about the sec arrangement, which I think is going to be huge for volleyball coming up in 2025. You add Texas to the sec, Oklahoma as well. You know, they may make some strides, but just to throw in Texas with a conference that has not been the premier conference in volleyball, that could be pretty massive for, for just NCAA volleyball as a whole. And that, that starts when is that in 20, 2025, 2025, 2026. So, so we're going to have a lot more gray hair by then. So I, you know, <laughs> to answer Mel, I appreciate the question from Mel. I, I think it certainly makes that conference better. Uh, it's been a two or three horse conference, you know, for a long time. The SEC has been in the sport of volleyball. It's been great in some other sports, uh, but they've had a hard time really putting a, a lot of really good teams in that league and developing talent. I think that uh, this will certainly help when you bring in Texas, who is one of the top four programs in the country. Uh, Oklahoma's volleyball is, is not um, a top 25 tier program. So uh, they, they get better. 
Um, I hope it doesn't cause a complete collapse of the Big 12, but it looks like it might. Uh, some things are going to happen there. And uh, all I know is it's, it's a few years away, and I've got enough on my plate right now just looking at next year. So I'm going to focus okay. on trying to, you know, take care of what we can take care of. I'll let, uh, you know, the Big Ten um, commissioners and the, uh, the presidents and the athletic directors in the Big Ten figure out if we need to make any uh, adjustments. But uh, so far, uh, I think the Big Ten has represented itself pretty well. And we have a great league, both academically and athletically. And then one thing I know a lot of people have been curious about, and since you're, you get to, you know, get, get the look behind in the, in the big 10 coaches meeting and everything like that with all of the COVID cancellations last year, what is the, the status? Is there a policy yet? Or are we waiting to hear back of what kind of everything will be based off of percentage of vaccinations? We've heard things about college football and NFL football teams. Is there any update on that? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Well, I don't know if we're switching sides. I don't know. Oh, true. Uh, all those kind of things have not uh, been uh, finalized as far as I'm concerned. I just know we're supposed to open up on the 27th of, uh, of August against LMU, and we start practice uh, on the 9th. We have a team, team meetings on the 8th, and I'm going to control the things that I can control. I, I wish I could answer those questions for you, but I really don't know. I talked to a Big Ten coach today that was worried because the team that this coach is responsible for has a handful of players that are not vaccinated. And their university has just come out and said that you have to be vaccinated to be at school. So uh, she's wondering where that's going to leave her situation, uh, because there are a lot of people for various reasons that, that don't feel like, you know, vaccinations are what they, they, they need or what they want. So, um, you know, right now, I don't think Purdue has gone to that degree. They use some other motivation. They use the $9,990 or whatever it was. They gave out 10 of those to people that were uh, vaccinated, but there, there, there are going to be some hiccups this year. We, we're not through the, through the woods yet, as you know. Uh, so there's going to be some issues, but I think for the most part, we're going to have hundred percent attendance at most of these big 10 institutions. And I think the girls are going to be, the women are going to be allowed to play volleyball. And then one last question here, and this one was is purely for me. I'm, I'm very curious with all of the movement this off season with the huge names, Adonna Rollins and, you know, Erica Pritchard all in the transfer portal. Was there ever a move that you almost made? Was there a what if, or were you sitting put the entire time? One thing that I'm, I'm pleased and proud of Daniel, maybe that's why you're asking the question. Maybe you're ahead of the curve here. You have to have an opening on your roster. And, um, Generally speaking, players don't leave Purdue. Um, this is a great place. Uh, people are loyal when they get here. They know it's, a, it's just a great place to get your degree and, and, and to play, whether it's volleyball or anything else. But in 18 years, we've had six players, six scholarship players that have left Purdue. And when you look across the, the portal, you'll see six names from the same school in one year on there. So uh, no, I didn't, I didn't have a chance to look anywhere. I mean, I, the, the portal has been non-existent since it started about three years ago. We haven't, we haven't touched it because we, we don't lose players. It doesn't mean that making a move, you know, players leaving isn't a good thing for them. It may even be a good thing for the university. I don't know. I just know that we haven't been in a position to, um, to play that um, situation, and I'm okay not doing it. I think what we do really well at Purdue is develop players. And so if we get athletes as freshmen and we can get them for two, three, four years to, to train them and have them in the gym, they'll become really good. 
And we don't need to go, you know, pick people off from somewhere else to bring into our program. It doesn't mean we won't do it because at some point in time, we'll probably need to do that. Chances are that will happen at some point. Uh, but we're happy playing the game we're playing right now. Well said, Coach. For, uh, for one final time, it's been, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. We appreciate it. Don't be a stranger. And uh, thanks for all you've done. And um, the Dig City name will go on. Will this be another face uh, to go along with it? Absolutely. All right. For one last time, I'm Daniel Gilman. He's Dave Shondell, the head coach of Purdue Volleyball. And this is Dig City, a Purdue Volleyball podcast.